Turn with me this morning to a couple of openings. First John, the first chapter, and James, the first chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we have extra Bibles. Be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand real high, and the ushers will get one to you. And turn to these two openings, please. First John 1 and James 1. We began a number of weeks ago on a series we called Doer of the Word. Since then, we've changed the title to Walking in the Light. It's really saying the same thing. Being a doer of the Word is walking in the light. One of the things we've learned already is that light from God is progressive. He gives you some, you walk in it, and He gives you more. And so since I started teaching this, I got more light. So I changed the title to Walking in the Light. First uh, John 1, 1 John 1 and 5. It said, This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Say that out loud a time or two. God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. One more time. God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, with God, with light... And walk in darkness, we're lying and not doing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How many think it's a good idea, this walking in the light? Oh, walking in the light, full unhindered, unrestricted fellowship with the Father, total cleansing, being free from sin, walking in the light. Look in James, the first chapter, James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, 22. It said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, Deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed, in what he does. Didn't say he'd be blessed in his intentions. Didn't say he'd be blessed in his convictions. Didn't say he'd be blessed in his opinions. What will you be blessed in? What you do. If you hear it and hear it but don't do it, The Bible says you wind up being deceived. And who was it that deceived you? Wasn't somebody else. Wasn't the devil. It was you. You deceived yourself. Now we said being a doer of the word. Is the same as saying walk in the light. Because when you heard the word. the, The implication here. It's understood. When you heard it. 
You saw something. You understood something. You knew something that you could do. You heard the word. You understood. I should change this. I should stop this. I should start this. You knew it. But you chose not to do it. And in so doing, you chose not to walk in the light. That is a very serious problem. The result is you become deceived. Now, deceived means you're believing something is so, but it's not true. You're believing a lie. And so darkness results, confusion results. I know for years, in the beginning days of our ministry, beginning years of our ministry, I emphasized Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I emphasize, and in my mind, you know, one of the biggest problems is ignorance. People don't know. But you know, that's not the whole verse. Put that verse up on the screen for us. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's not even the end of the sentence. What does the rest of the phrase say? Because you have what? Rejected knowledge. Now, while it is true that there is a lot of ignorance about God and the things of God on the planet, sometimes people are not realizing that they should ask the question, why? Why is there so much darkness? Why is there so much ignorance? Because uh, the light that God gives is progressive. He requires that we walk by faith. It's not optional. He requires. And of course, faith, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. Well, when you hear and the word is revealed to you, that enables you to see. You get light. Like, have you ever heard people say that? I see that. Maybe you heard it for the 90th time and you said, I see that. I see that. Well, light is not just for seeing. Light is for walking in. When you see something, you're not not supposed to just put a check by it and go, man, I saw something else. Whew, glory to God. I see a lot of stuff. (laughs) Well, you're not going to be blessed just in what you see. You'll be blessed in what? What you do. The light of God is progressive. The Bible said the path of the just. It's like the light of dawn. And then it shines more and more until the full day's sun. Somebody say more and more. more, and more. Say it again. More and more. more and more. The Lord's light that he gives us is progressive. Dependent upon if we walk in the light we have. If you don't walk in the light you have, you're not going to get more. So there are a lot of people in the dark. But why? See, the truth is, the Lord gave uh, person after person on this planet. I don't care what continent. I don't care what race or background or gender or education makes no difference. People all over this planet, back when they were young, small, little, he showed them something. They saw something. And some chose to walk in that light. Others did not. They ignored it. They shunned it. Now, the ones that walked in the light, they they went further. Maybe they, they saw their need of Jesus. They received him. And then he showed them they could be filled with the Spirit. They received him. They showed him that God had a plan for their life. They got in church. They worked. They served. The Lord led them concerning their spouse, concerning their children, concerning their, their work. And I mean, their life has been good and it's just gotten better and better. 
Well, the Lord had a similar plan for the person that rejected the light at age 13. But when they rejected that light, they never found out the next part. Are you with me, friends? So thing after thing went wrong. And they've got their plan, but it didn't turn out. And then that failed. And that failed through. And they've done some things, but it hadn't turned out right. And they are frustrated and they're confused and they know there's more and they have the sense that there's something else, but they can't seem to put their hand on it or figure it out or find it. Well, that's being in darkness. Can you see that? That's being in darkness. And it is true that they're ignorant of some things, but the question is, why are they ignorant of some things? If they had received the light way back there and walked in it, they'd be in a totally different place in life today. Oh, can you see this? I shared this the first service. I talked about it a little bit. The, our first uh, marriage meeting that we had about seven years or so ago, a bunch of our local people didn't come. But a lot of people came in from out of town and other states The Lord blessed us, but it bothered me some that a number of our people weren't there. Not just because I was looking for a crowd, but because I knew that they needed it. And I knew they would need it in days to come. There is no such thing as a married couple that have never had any challenges. No, it doesn't exist. You know, people say, oh, you know, we've never had a crossword. It's it's just been heaven on earth. You uh uh-huh. Do y'all live in different countries? Um, I mean, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 7, such shall have trouble because of the flesh. If we didn't have flesh to deal with, it'd be a different story. But the more flesh, the more problems. The more you grow up and develop and the more unselfish you become, the less problems you'll have. But we should be growing up. And the Lord would give us things through our ministry gifts, through the word that would help us and open our eyes. And so uh, in praying about it, I thought, well, Lord, should I have said more? Should I do more about this? And the Lord prompted me. He said, no, your job is not receiving it. That's their job. Your job is obeying me and providing it. And he said, and I will hold them accountable for it, even though they didn't get it because it was available to them. And they knew they should come. Wow. What does that mean? Well, see, if you didn't come, then that means there's stuff you're not going to see and you're not going to know. And you're going to be in darkness. And you'll think, you know, that you're to be pitied because you're ignorant. But it's your fault that you're ignorant. Because if you'd have done what you should have done, you'd have learned this. And then that would have took you to this and you'd learn that. And that would have took you to this. You don't know what else it would have led you to had you done it. It pays to obey. Are you with me, friends? It pays and it costs to disobey. A lot of times you don't know how much it's costing you. They're just things you don't know. They're things you don't understand. There's things that didn't happen. And you know there should be more. Well, friend, we can't, you know, change the past But we can get our heart straight, can't we? And we can make up our mind, no more ignoring, no more disobeying, no more rebelling. When the Lord shows us something, what's it time to do? Walk in the light. Not just see it, but do it. Somebody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. doer. 
of the Word of God. Go with me please to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, he's dealing with hypocrisy. Jesus, the head of the church, is talking about being a hypocrite. Uh, The word hypocrite from the Greek basically means a pretender or an actor. Just like somebody acting in a play or a movie. An actor. And the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians that the devil is the master actor. He is the master pretender. He portrays and is able to transform himself to come across as an angel of light. You talk about an actor. The devil is. And of course, people that yield to him are actors. And I'm not talking about as a profession. I'm talking about with each other in daily life. Uh, you know, least actors, you know they're acting. I'm talking about in the screen or whatever, you know, you know they're pretending to be something that they're not. We're talking about people that's pretending to be something that they're not and they're trying to convince you is true. Deception, lying, hypocrisy. And he warns about this. He says in, in the sixth chapter here, to not uh, do your alms or your giving in front of people. He talked about hypocrites uh, that do it to be seen of men and to get glory of men. And verse uh, uh, 5, he said, when you pray, that you're not to act like the hypocrites. They, they pray standing at particular spots for, for to be in people's view and to be heard of other folks, to be seen of men. And so he's warning them about hypocrisy, hypocrisy. And this flows through this entire chapter and into chapter 7. If you'd look there, chapter 7 and verse 1, out of that idea, he flows into this, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, It shall be measured to you again. So answer this. How are we going to be judged? Hmm? We are going to be judged. God is going to judge us. How? According to the way we have judged others. True or not? Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge... You shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull that mote out of your eye? And behold, a beam is in your own eye. (laughs) Now this would be humorous if it wasn't so serious. Here's a fella got a cross tie across his head and face, and he's all concerned and upset about somebody that's got a splinter. Hmm? Right? How, how can you get that way? By being a hearer and not a doer. 
There's all kind of folks. Got all kind of ideas and opinions. About what other people should do. Or ought not do. Everybody okay in here today? Huh? We're reading scriptures, right? And you love the Bible, don't you? You love these scriptures too. All kind of people have ideas, very strong ideas, about what they should do. They ought not do that. That's just wrong. I'd never. You ever heard that? I'd never do that. I'd know. I, how, how in the world can they do that? All of this is judging. Oh, I know, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I just, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. That's what judging is. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't think they ought to. I just feel strongly that they should. You are judging. And here's the thing. When you judge, what results from that? It didn't say you judge them and they get judged. (laughs) What did it say? You judge them. You get judged. And how do you get judged? According to what you said they should do. Now friend, if you'll listen today, a revelation will come. And if you've had some light, more light will come in. And I'm telling you, if you see this the way it really is, your judging days will be over. I'm telling you, you will quit. You will, and you won't wean yourself. It'll just be cold turkey. You will just, That's it. No, you will quit when you realize that you're only doing it to yourself. (laughs) He said, verse four, how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the moat out of your eye. We have a lot of people that have the gift of discernment and the gift of detection and the gift of suspicion. Are y'all with me? (laughs) And oh man, they can discern a problem with their brother from a hundred miles away. Oh, very sensitive (laughs) to picking up problems with their brother and sister. But some way or another, they never turn that powerful gift around on their self and they can be picking up splinters in brothers' lives from across the state line and can't see that they got a a, a railroad tie. <laughs> Timber in their life. Isn't that what this is saying? Keep reading verse 5. What does he say? Verse 5. You hypocrite. First, cast out the beam out of your own eye And then you'll see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. Don't be telling somebody else how to get free. And you hadn't got free. James 4.11, what does it say? Speak not evil one of another brethren. Uh, Put up James 5.9. We'll come back to this. You got it right there beside you. James 5, 9, 
Grudge not one against another. The Amplified says, don't complain, brothers, uh, one against another. The NIV says, don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. There is a judge, and it's not you. Somebody say, I am not the judge. Then why should you be judging? You want somebody to say, I'm not the mechanic, but I'm going to work on your car. (laughs) I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to perform the surgery on you today. Huh? Woo. Well, you are not the judge. And so you ought not be doing any judging. James 4.11. Go back to that. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Now get this last phrase. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. If you're a judge, you're not a doer. If you're a judge, if you're judging somebody, you are not doing what you're saying they should be doing. Not my words, the Bible. This guy that's talking to this other fellow about this speck, this moat in his eye. Is he judging him for his moat? Is he a doer? No, he's got a beam in his life. Perfect example of it. Judges are not doers. Now we're talking about being a doer of the word. We're talking about walking in the light. If you are walking in the light, if you are a doer of the word, you're not going to be a judge. If you're a judge, then you're saying, that's not right. You shouldn't. You should. You ought to. You need to. And if somebody talks like that and acts like that, you don't have to know anything about their personal information. They're a hypocrite. They are not doing what they're saying the other person should be doing. I didn't say it. This passage said it. Go ahead and go to Romans 2. Romans 2 says it as well. But if you're a doer, you won't talk like that. If you're a doer, you know what it took to get it done. And it's not theory. I mean, it's easy to talk a good game. But when you actually get there in the middle of it, it's different. I mean, anybody can sit on the couch and watch the game on TV and go, what? The ball was right there. You had your hands on it, man. What? But it's different when you're there. And you got three ribs that hadn't healed up from last week. Come on, are you listening? And that last tackle has left your ankle feeling like you can't, you can hardly think about anything else. And when you turned around to catch it, the sun was right in your eyes along with a bunch of sweat. And that those ribs sit searing pain right up your side. And you thought you had it. How many know it's different from sitting on the couch with your iced tea? Isn't it? It's different. Being a doer than a judge. (laughs) People who've actually been there, who've actually done it, they see it differently. They think about it differently. They talk about it differently. And somebody who's actually a doer of the word, 
they talk differently. Instead of saying, you ought to, you should have, you shouldn't, they say, well, you know, when I was in the middle of that, the Lord showed me this, and it helped me. Hmm? And they tell the person what helped them. That's getting the, the beam out of your face and out of your eye. Now you can see clearly to help somebody, but it's not judging. Do you see the difference? Huge difference. Look in Romans 2. Romans 2. Romans 2 and 1. What does it say? Therefore you are inexcusable. Inexcusable is not the same as unforgivable. There is forgiveness for this. But there's no excuse for it. Inexcusable, O man, whoever you are that judges, for wherein you judge another, what are you doing? When you judge somebody else, what did you just do? You might have called yourself condemning them, but you didn't. You condemned yourself. For you that judges does the same things. You, the one, the person that's judging is doing the same thing. The same thing they're accusing that person of doing or not doing, they are guilty of. I didn't say it. Romans 2.1 said it. Right? James 4 said it. The thing that has been Sobering to me and uh, enlightening to me is this revelation that we are going to be judged by what we say others should do and not do. In uh, Luke 19.22, don't turn there, just listen to it. Luke 19.22, Jesus said, out of your own mouth will I judge you. And he went on to say, you knew such and such. In Matthew 12, 37. Matthew 12, 37, what does it say? By your words, you shall be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. When you say, they shouldn't have done that. They should have done that. What you just got through saying is, I have light. I'm enlightened about that. And I know what a man or woman should do or shouldn't do. And in that case, the Lord's going to take your word for it. And he's going to say, okay, you have light. So you said you saw that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. So I'm going to judge you according to what you said. They're not going to get judged according to what you said. You're going to get judged according to what you said they should do. You see why I said, if you see this, if you realize this, your mouth will get less activity. (laughs) Won't it? (laughs) Well, I just think they ought to. No, I just don't think they should. Well, I hope you like it. Because that's what you're going to be judged by. You're saying, I see that. I have light. And so the Lord's taking you at your word. Say, okay, you said you saw it. So by your words, you're going to be judged. Uh, go to Romans 14. No, we're not ready for that. 
We need some more work this morning. Can you tell we need some more work this morning? Oh, boy. Um, go to John 12. Let me give you some examples. Preachers, uh, let me give you some uh, advice, something I've, I've learned along this line. If things get a little, uh, you know, uncomfortable, start telling stories. <laughs> Everybody likes a good story. <laughs> the Lord told stories yes, he did. didn't he yes. he told stories and uh, then some of the things that happened are recorded then there's stories now that we can tell and this is, this is a perfect picture of judging and the things that we've been, been understanding here in John 12 there was a person who judged And then you see the result of it. They were judged. They got judged. In uh, John 12. Are you there? The Bible said verse 1. Jesus six days before the Passover. He came to Bethany. Where Lazarus was. Whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served. And Lazarus was one of them. That sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, Very costly. And anointed the feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor. Or the smell of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples. Judas Iscariot. Simon's son. Which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold. For 300 pence. And given to the poor. Listen with your spirit. And don't just only hear this story. Identify the spirit of judging. So that you can detect it. Whether it's coming out of your mouth or somebody else's mouth. What did he say? If you look at the other passages, he was indignant. Indignant, he's upset. He's angry. He's acting self-righteous and superior. And what did he say? Why didn't they do this? Have you ever heard that before? Was it Judas ointment? Did she steal it from him or take it away from him or what is it to him? <laughs> is he concerned about it? Oh, he's upset. Why wasn't this sold? This could have been sold. For 300 pence, that'd be almost a year's wage. That'd be, I don't know, depending on the, what you're making, 15,000, 20,000, I don't know. It was substantial. Why wasn't it so? This is, another writer said, what a waste. Is this judging? Yes. What, who's judging who? Judas is judging two people. He's judging uh, Mary, right? How's he judging her? Wasteful, poor steward of her resources. Who else is he judging? Jesus for letting her do it and receiving it and not reproving her, not stopping her, not correcting her. Judas is judging the giver, the sower, and he's judging the receiver, the reaper, isn't he? 
And what business is it of his? Now, what is he saying? This should have been. She ought not to have. Do you hear the spirit of judging? Do you hear? And you can tell when a person is really judging, they get upset. They get upset. And a lot of times they feel like they try to act like or convince themselves it is righteous indignation. That just makes me sick. That just, that just upsets me. See them spend all that money on that building. Them spend all that money on this. See them do all that. That just upsets me. Why? Was it your money? Why? Why do you care? Why do you care? But they do. Now, read the next verse. Judas was so upset because he cared so much about the poor. Huh? He really wanted this money. He was really thinking about people that could have been fed. And people that could have been helped. No. He's a hypocrite. Hmm? What about other people that talk that way? Hypocrites. Why? Because if you're a doer, you're not a judge. And if you're a judge, you're not a doer. No. If he really cared about the poor, he would be doing everything in his power to take care of the poor. He wouldn't be judging somebody else about what they're doing for the poor. What was the real issue? He's a thief. And he's the one that carried the bag. If the woman had sold it and given the money to be done for the poor and it wound up in his hands, it wound up in his bag. And it would wound up in his pocket. And that's what he's upset about because now he can never get his hands on it. And he knows that ain't right and he don't want anybody to know that. So what does he do? He pretends to care about the poor. That spirit's still with us today. It's all over the place. Now here's the thing. Was Mary judged by what Judah said she should or should not have done? No. Who was judged? Just days later. Are you listening now? What did he do? He went and sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Is that caring for the poor? Is he wanting money for the poor? No, he wants money for himself. Oh, friend, can you see this? Did he get judged? Oh, he didn't find mercy. He didn't find repentance. He found judgment. He sowed judgment and he reaped judgment. So many people think that they're excluded or exempted from things because they are not a preacher or they're not a pastor. Or some folks feel, well, I'm not a Christian. I don't claim to be a Christian. But if I were, well, I don't claim to be a preacher. That makes no difference. You can try to tell yourself that it does, but it makes no difference. He didn't say, judge not, lest you be judged. If you do judge, you will be judged unless you're not a preacher or not a Christian. Or 
No. Every time you ever pointed to somebody and say, well, they, I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have done this. I don't think that's right. Somebody's going to be judged about that. You. You will be held accountable for what you said they should do. Romans 14. Romans 14. You know, let, let me let me review just a little bit, maybe help with some perspective of this. What are we talking about? What's the series about? Walking in the light or being a doer of the word. And the Lord said, by your words, you'll be justified or by your words, you'll be condemned. Why? Because your words reveal what you see, the light that you have. And when you say, well, they should have done this or they shouldn't have done that. What you're saying is, I have light. I know what a person should do. Well, the Lord's not going to hold them accountable for the light you have. He's going to hold you accountable for what you said a person should do. Well, but I'm not a preacher. That makes no difference at all. (laughs) Well, I don't claim to be a Christian. Makes no difference at all. You'll be judged. Not according to being a preacher or even being a Christian. Every man is going to be judged by their words and their works. Right? And when you see this and it comes true to you and you really realize what's going on. Oh man. It is button the lip time. And you'll be tempted to judge. But the big issue is you and I are not qualified. Because we don't know the light that that person has. Do we? No man really knows another person's heart. So how can I be qualified to judge? Have you ever been judged? Huh? Has anybody ever judged you? How did it make you feel? Hmm? What did it make you want to do? Y'all going to help me with this or not? Other than... Judging them back. What what kind of thoughts and feelings? I'll tell you some of the ones that came up immediately. You thought, they don't know me. They don't know what I've done and what I've hadn't done. Why didn't they even want to find out? And a lot of times people don't want to find out. You know, you get more visible. We're on TV now. And more people see you, then more people have opportunity to comment. And I've got some ugly letters. Ugly. And you know, especially we preach prosperity. And oh, brother. Oh. Uh, I've, you know, people have said everything, you know, negative that you can think about. Accused you of all kind of terrible stuff. And you know, you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that and you shouldn't have this and you should do this and you should do that. You know, my first thought is, what have they done? What have they done? And people think, well, I'm not a preacher. That doesn't matter at all. Before the judge. What have you done? What are you doing? What have you done? Well, yeah, they got a splinter. They got a splinter. (laughs) You got a beam. How many know it is a full-time job taking care of yourself, keeping yourself 
straight. Examining yourself. Judging yourself. You hadn't got time. If you're taking care of your business, you ain't got time to be in my business. If you got time to be in my business, what do we know? You ain't taking care of your own. And that's not just an old saying. We gave you two passages of scripture to prove it. If you're a judge, you're not a doer. But, uh, there's been, there's been situations where I've seen that once you knew more about the situation, you saw it entirely differently. When you, uh, this has happened with me more and more than once. You, you hear something and it looks like this and other people go ahead and tell you it's that way. But learning now to keep your mouth shut and not judge, you just say, well, uh, Lord, you know, what is really going on here? And what do I, you know, I'm not the judge. I don't have to judge yay or nay, good or bad. It's a relief. It's a release. It's freedom. To not be the judge and not try to be the judge. But then so many times as you learn about what happened behind the scenes, it's a totally different situation than what you imagine. I mean, if you had come through what they had come through and the circumstances and the situation, you realize, man, I don't know if I'd have done as good as they did. It looks totally different from the inside, from the person that's dealing with it. In Romans 14, look at this and let me... Share another story with you. Romans 14. Are you a doer? Then you're not a judge. Do you walk in the light you have? Then you're not judging other people for the light they have. Realizing you don't know. What they really see. Romans 14. And verse 3. Let not him that eats. Despise him that eats not. Let not him which eats not judge him that eats. For God has received him. Now we saw Judas judging Mary and judging Jesus. For what, uh, you know, she shouldn't have given that. She should have done that to the poor. He shouldn't have received that. Are you identifying the spirit of judging? Get this in your mind. Now here, these guys are judging each other for what they're eating. And what they're not eating. They ought not be eating that. <laughs> they, they shouldn't be involved with them. They shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been over there in that market and got that because there's, there's idol sacrifices over there and they shouldn't have brought that home and they shouldn't be eating that stuff. Somebody say judging. 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 Verse 3, let me read it again so you realize I did not write this. This was here a long time before I was ever born. (laughs) Let not him that eats despise him that eats not. There's a lot of people, uh, well I would say a lot of people, there's a handful of people, they preach diet 80% of the time now. That's not the gospel. Well God gave us this and we ought not do this and he told you to preach the gospel. We ought not eat this, it's none of your business. It's judging. Am I reading Bible? Verse 3. Let not him that eats despise him that eats not. And let not him that eats not judge him that eats for God has received. Can you see the one that's eating 
is acting like he's got light and revelation that the other fellow doesn't have. And he's looking down on him and despising him that you're just not enlightened. And the other fellow is, is considering himself to be more disciplined and more holy because he don't eat it. He's not involved with it. And he's judging the other brother that's doing it. Are both of these wrong? Wrong, wrong. Keep reading. Who are you that judges another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. Somebody said out loud, I am not to judge. Say it again, I am not to judge. Doesn't the Bible talk about busybodies? <laughs> well, what is a busybody? Somebody that's busy about some other body's <laughs> situation and not taking care of their own. What's, what's the problem with this? Well, it causes all kind of trouble. It causes hurt feelings and broken fellowship and, and strife. And, but what it does to the individual is brings judgment. You will be judged by what you said they ought to do. Of course, thank God for repentance. <laughs> and mercy, which is what we have a great opportunity to do right here this morning. Hmm? Huh? How many think we could repent? And we could make, repent means change. We can make a change and avoid personal judgment. Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, who's gone home to be with the Lord now, Said in the early days of his ministry, he had an experience that uh, changed him and the way he operated and the way he talked and did. He was in a conference. There were several other ministers there and they asked him when he came up, had he heard about so and so, didn't even call him brother, uh, a fellow minister in their organization who had remarried. And uh, this man, his wife left him and had been gone for some time, I guess years. And uh, he had eventually gotten remarried. Well, in that particular group, you could not continue in the ministry, and particularly pastor, if you had remarried. And so they were talking about it, and they asked him, had he heard that? And he said, yeah, he had heard that, and said something that somebody had told him, just repeated it. And so they were all talking about how bad it was. How bad, does, you know, wrong this fellow was. Well, later on, He's in one of the minister's houses there. He's preaching in the meeting. He's staying in their house. He said in the middle of the night, the light came on. And he woke up and looked up. The light bulb's not on. (laughs) Nobody turned the light on. And the light just filled up. The room just filled up with light and got bright. And he he heard a voice. He said, who are you that judges another man's servant? And the Lord called the fellow's name and called him brother. And you know, they wouldn't call him brother right then. But the Lord would. How many know the Lord will be with you when other folks won't? And, uh, and he said, Lord, I, uh, I didn't judge anybody. And he said, it came again. Who are you that judges another man's servant? He didn't know what to say. He said, the Lord asked him, he said, is he your servant or my servant? He said, well, Lord, if he's anybody's servant, he's yours, not mine. And he said, the Lord said, well, who are you that judges another man's servant? He said, he's my servant, and I'm able to make him stand. 
And then the light went away. He said from then on. He did not open his mouth. (laughs) When other people wanted to talk about this one or that one. He thought I got nothing to say. And come to find out, you know, later on, he got to know that fellow better and come to realize his wife just went crazy and left him and and he did everything he could to to be reconciled and and she quit and quit God and quit the ministry and and years passed and and he's got his children there and and the Lord brought this person into his life and, and they did everything right and, you know, you just don't need to judge. Because you may hear something and see something, and it may be all lies what you're seeing and hearing. Have you ever seen people, you know, the example that they use with children, they have them whisper something to the person beside them, and they whisper it to the next person. Have you ever seen how it comes out on the other end? I mean, dear me, that is a prime example of what something means, time it gets to you through four other busybodies. Say it out loud, I am not to judge. I am not the judge. There is a judge. It's not me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Did you ever find James 2 or not? I didn't tell you. Go to James 2 then. We'll end with this. This is shouting ground. Yeah, you said glory, yeah. Finally. <laughs> Something I can shout about. Hey, not getting judged. You shouting ground. Not having your words come back on you and bite you. That's shouting ground. James 2 and 12. James 2 and 12. It says, so speak ye. Is he referring to how we talk? So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. You know what the law of liberty is? It is the word of grace. Hallelujah. How many know it's by his grace we are free? By his grace. Oh, thank God. By his grace we're not dreading the judgment to come. How about you? I'm not going to hell. How about you? Huh? I have sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. But I'm not paying for it. I've messed up. I've come short. But I ain't paying for it. I'm not going to hell. I'm not dying for it. I'm not paying for it. Because somebody else paid for it. That is not judgment. That is Mercy and grace. Keep reading. Verse verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. That's what judges get. Judges get no mercy. They get judged. But that last phrase is the one I like. And mercy rejoices against Judgment. Whoo! That you received mercy and you showed mercy and you gave mercy. Then when you need it, you know what you're going to get? When you are in jeopardy of being judged and you deserve to be judged, you won't get judged. You'll get mercy. 
Mercy. mercy. Somebody say mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, thank God for mercy. If you want to reap mercy, though, you must sow mercy. And love is ever ready to believe the best. No matter what you hear, you just need to be quick to say, yeah, but we don't know the whole story. We don't know. We don't know what led up to it. We don't know their heart. We just, we don't know enough about it. Let's pray for them. What do we want? We don't want to see them judged. We don't want to see them go down. We want to see them restored. We want to see them forgiven. If they did blow it terribly, we want to see them restored. The blood of the Lamb can cleanse you from anything, everything, anything. Somebody say mercy. Holler out. Mercy. Mercy and grace. Grace to it. Mercy to it. Grace to them. Mercy to the situation. And then if something comes up and you fall short, you fall down, thank God. Instead of getting judged, you're going to get mercy. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's close our eyes. Let's lift our heart up before the Lord. Like we were saying a few moments ago, let's act on this. Say, Father God, forgive me for saying anything, doing anything, judgmentally about my brothers, my sisters, your people, your leaders, anybody. I ask you to forgive me. I'm not to judge. I acknowledge I'm not. I'm not qualified. I don't see enough. I don't know enough. It's not my place. You are the judge. The only qualified judge. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.